you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Paula White, spiritual advisor to Donald Trump, is at it again. Is anybody surprised? Honestly, what surprises me the most is the fact that the meltdowns are continuing. I figured they'd cool off by two weeks after the election ended. But no, they're still freaking out. These pastors were always hyper-political, but the election made it worse. The other day, Paula White said, quote, Christ's likeness is not found in my gender, it is not found in my culture, it is not found in my ethnicity, it's not found in the KKK, not found in Antifa, and it's not found in Black Lives Matter, all of which are antichrist and even terrorist organizations, end quote. I'm really not even sure where to start with this. First of all, I'm not really a fan of the fact that she grouped Black Lives Matter, a group that's fighting for equality and inclusion, with the KKK, a group that's fighting for supremacy and exclusion. Yes, the Black Lives Matter organization itself has some hot takes, with which I disagree. But the movement itself is just a recognition that there are racial problems in society that need to be resolved. If you're denying that, then you're only fooling yourself. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. Politics does not belong in the church. Mixing the two is a shortcut straight to fascism and dictatorship. If these people care about democracy in any way, they should discourage that. But of course they don't. They aren't even trying to hide it anymore. They just came out and said it recently. Specifically, Josh Bernstein and Paula White's son, Bradley Knight. Pastor Rick Wiles, conspiracy theorist extraordinaire, came out and said some very disturbing stuff. He said, quote, Come on, left. We're going to meet you in the streets this time. You know what they're doing here in Florida? The governor wants a bill passed in Florida to empower citizens to shoot and kill looters and rioters. Yes, sir. Get it done, governor. The people are with you. We're going to defend this state of Florida. We're not going to put up with this stuff anymore. The left, you better pack up and flee. If you're part of this communist revolution, lefties, you better get out of the country. If we find you're part of the communist revolution, we're coming after you. FBI, put my name down on the list. Go ahead and do it. Do it. I don't care. These people are terrorists, hands down. If it was a Muslim saying this stuff, every national security agency in the country would be busting down his door. He'd be in prison right now. But honestly, it wouldn't surprise me at all to learn that the FBI is following him. I hope at least. Pastor Mark Taylor, QAnon supporter, tripped onto something big, something completely undeniable. Check this out. C-O-R-O-N-A. That's six letters. C is the third letter in the alphabet. O is the 15th. R is the 18th. O is the 15th. N is the 14th. A is the first. Six letters in Corona. Those other numbers add up to 66. That's 666. We have to tell everybody. Alert the CIA. Alert the FBI. Alert Homeland Security. In the words of Taylor's interviewer, Erkson, quote, a cult-driven script and a Luciferian human sacrifice mega-ritual. They use this type of thing. This is what Satan uses, and that's it. 666 Corona. Is that coincidence? I don't buy coincidence, do you? End quote. This reminds me of when the Dilbert comic creator Scott Adams went through the name Biden and showed how you could convert it to the number 666. These people are beyond parody. It's impossible to mock them at this point. How does Saturday Night Live parody this? I've been waiting for a response from Pat Robertson about the election results, and it finally came. I knew he'd probably disintegrate over it, but his response was definitely interesting, to say the least. Here's what he said, quote, 
In the name of Jesus, I bind this spirit of delusion that's come across our land. We will not surrender our nation. We will not give up this great country. And Satan, you cannot have it. In the name of Jesus. And I begin to pray. And I believe God is heard. And I'm asking everyone in this audience to pray. It isn't over yet. And I do not think again he wants to turn this nation over to socialism. And Bernie Sanders and AOC and all those people are pure socialists. And they want to take over control of everything. They want to run all the businesses, all the industry. They want to redo all the energy we've got. They want to take away your cars. They want to stop people from flying airplanes. I mean, it's crazy what they have. We cannot allow that. So let's pray. So what am I hearing? I still think Trump is ultimately going to win. End quote. It was kind of a giant ramble, but I think I'm picking up what he's putting down. He's scared shitless that socialists are going to take over the country, and he's bought into the same scam Trump ran during the 2016 Iowa caucus. Claim the winner cheated. At the time, it was Ted Cruz. He said all kinds of shit about Ted Cruz, and more specifically about Ted Cruz's wife. Of course, Ted Cruz has rolled over and turned into his little lapdog by now. But here's the point. Pat Robertson is one of the many suckers who still don't realize that Trump is a scam artist. How do we uncover the scam to 70 million people? I'm at a loss at this point, short of doing what Germany did in 1945, a process known as denazification. Before we get into all that, let's listen to some voicemails. If you want to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hey, Owen, what's up, man? I'm big fan of yours. I'm Stein, calling from New Jersey. I was watching a recent video a couple of days ago where you were mentioning that um, a Christian can go to college, okay, and learn to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a therapist, but being a pastor or a Christian alone does not qualify you for that because mental health, yes, is a science. Unfortunately, about 15 years ago, before I was able to see a private doctor, I used to I used to be in the mental health system, and I had to go for for group therapy uh, at, at at um the outpatient services of uh, of a general hospital. Now, this, by the way, not mind you, is 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 a secular hospital. Unfortunately, we had one therapist there who happened to be the supervisor of therapists who was a Christian, a Christian fanatic, who used to use group therapy as a tool to push her religion on the patients. And that was unfortunate. All right, let me up. Yeah, I appreciate that phone call. Um, I actually went to group therapy for addiction forever ago, like, you know, years and years ago. Because I was addicted to heroin, as I'm sure most people in my audience probably know. I now take Suboxone for it. But when I was in group therapy, I was actually going to school for substance abuse counseling at the same time. But one of the group therapists at the facility actually started getting really political with us. And I was like, super surprised by this. Obviously, I'm a fairly liberal guy. I supported Bernie Sanders in the 2016 election, didn't get him, so I held my nose and voted for Hillary Clinton. I think that's pretty much what all of Hillary's voters did. This time around, I voted for Biden. I just think that Democrats tend to be more helpful to the societal groups that I identify with. For example, Democrats tend to be better on issues regarding atheism. 
especially considering the fact that the evangelical voting bloc is driving the ship that is the Republican Party at this moment. Democrats are also more helpful in addiction issues. Anyways, the point is, I was in group therapy with this therapist, and she starts endorsing Republican candidates. This is in the 2016 election. She's like, you know, you should take a look at Chris Christie. He said some interesting things about the war on drugs and marijuana. I was like, are you fucking kidding me with this? Chris Christie is a monster. We know this now, but we knew it back then too. The dude is a complete shill. I considered trying to do something about that because as a therapist, that's a complete breach of ethics. Like, it is so wrong for, to, for her to have done that to suggest political candidates to us. She is in a position of authority over us. I mean, our mental health is in her hands, and she's doing this shit. It's wrong. We are in a mentally and emotionally vulnerable situation, and we're supposed to have trust for this authority figure, this therapist. There's a power dynamic at play here. Endorsing a political candidate like that is wrong, period. So I thought about doing something about this, contacting somebody, some board, to get her license revoked, because that's not the only thing that she did. She did other shit that was really fucked up, too. And before I could get in contact with the board, her husband actually died in a tragic accident. I understand he had like an aneurysm or something, and it was just like, just like that, just gone all of a sudden. Lucky for her, she had life insurance on him, and she got filthy rich and quit her job. Understandable. I don't know that, I, I certainly wouldn't want to work through that grief. I would probably want to take the time to grieve at the very least. And why work when you've got like a million dollars anyways? Either way, I'm glad she's out of the field, at least for now. But I've had some really bad experiences with therapists in the past. And it's been pretty depressing to me to know that these people are still out there. Having the psychology background that I do, I kind of feel like maybe I'm duty bound to do something about that. But... I don't know. At least that one isn't out there abusing the power dynamic anymore. Hi, this is Tony from Oklahoma. And I just wanted to, um, I had a question, or actually I had a few questions. Uh, I've wanted to join or become an atheist. And I wanted to do as much research as possible before I do. And I've heard some disturbing rumors. And I would like to ask a few questions, you know, without being trolled or harassed. Uh, Absolutely. Before we continue with this, I just want to say I am open to any question, period. Any question. I like getting oppositional voicemails where people are pushing back. I like defending my positions on things. And I feel like we should be able to discuss anything without being at each other's throats. So I really appreciate you calling in with this, and I'll be interested to see what questions you have for me. That being said, I just want to point out, a minute ago you said you were thinking about joining atheism. 
Atheism isn't something that you join. It's not a group. It's not a religious organization in the same way that Methodists or Catholics are. Atheism, at its most basic, is just a lack of belief in something. I don't believe in unicorns either. I, I would be an a-unicornist in the same way that I'm an atheist. It's just that you're not accepting the claim that is being presented to you. You're an atheist with regards to Muslims, I assume. Just like me, we're both atheists about Islam. Except I'm also an atheist about Christianity. I don't believe in Islam or Christianity. With all that being said, I'll let you finish your questions. Uh, my first question is, does atheism have a hierarchy? And uh, two... Let, let me just start with that one and we'll continue. Does atheism have a hierarchy? No, it doesn't. There are what you may call famous people or well-known people in the atheist movement. For example, like Richard Dawkins... Daniel Dennett, Sam Harris, and Christopher Hitchens. Those were the four big new atheists of our time. Um, they've written books on the philosophical implications of Christianity and atheism and things like that. They've written books about the harm that Islam has done to the world or that Christianity has done to the world. But there is no hierarchy. There are well-known people that are atheist, but there is no hierarchy of any sort. Is atheism a guise or, you know, a mask that's just being used for a cover-up for people being racist and sexist, you know, etc.? In my experience, from what I know, from the social circles that I run in, from the books that I read that are written by atheist authors or about atheism, I have always found atheism and atheists to be a lot more in favor of social progress and unity and civil rights than Christians, at least in the United States. In my experience, atheists are more enlightened and progressive on these subjects. So I would reject the idea that atheism is a guise for sexism or racism. Absolutely not. not. Not in my case, at the very least. I have always been in favor of human rights. I've always been against racism and against sexism. So, no. I, I would say the answer to your question would be no for number two. Lastly, is, uh, do you believe that atheism is a cult? Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. I appreciate the call, like I said. Um, is atheism a cult? I would say it's not a cult. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a member. I can back that up. What makes a cult a cult is behavior modification through a system of rewards and punishments, an us-versus-them, good-versus-evil attitude. Shutting down criticism, refusing to speak to critics or hear criticisms. 
shunning people if they disobey or disbelieve, things like that. There is no evidence of any of that taking place from any atheists that I know. One of the big problems is that atheism is not an organization. It's not even really a group. To be a cult, it at the very least has to be a group. A cult is a group of people at its most basic that think so similarly that they're almost clones of each other. They build out ideologies and ideas and morality and they exhibit similar behaviors to each other, things like that. Atheism isn't a group in any sense. There are friend groups who all share the same ideas, but atheism doesn't give us any insight into how you should act or what you should think or, or behavior or where you should get your information or any of that stuff. Those are all necessary to have a cult. If you don't have those things, if people aren't exhibiting those behaviors or ideas, then they're just not in a cult. Simple as that. So the answer to your last question is, no, atheism is not a cult. But I do appreciate the fact that you called in and presented it as a question anyways. No idea should be above criticism, in my opinion. Howdy, this is Sean from Texas. I'm listening to podcast 124 right now, and I just listened to you talking about the commenter that was complaining that you would discuss politics stuff occasionally when what he wants to listen to is you talk about how Mormons are crazy. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on why a lot of people would make that distinction when a particularly good example here is Mitt Romney, one of the most prominent Republicans of the last 10 years, is a Mormon, and most of the religious groups that you would talk about specifically try to get their members involved in politics. Why do you think people make such a strong distinction when the very people that you're talking about don't make that distinction? Interesting question. Here's my suspicion. Because any group that you are a member of, you view yourself as the ideal representative of that group. Even if the leadership of that group has different ideas about how it should be run than you, you believe that you have the right ideas. Everybody is a hero of their own stories. Everybody believes that they are correct about everything that they believe. If they thought that they were wrong about something, then they would change their mind on it. They wouldn't believe that thing anymore. So everybody believes that they are the perfect representative of the group that they're a member of. So when you come at somebody who is, for example, an atheist and also a Republican, 
they view the idea that the Republican Party is completely saturated with Christian extremism as absurd. They don't want to accept that premise because the Republicans that they know, sure, maybe a few of them are, are Christian and maybe they're a little bit wacky, but you're a Republican and you're not a Christian extremist. So right there, you are the exception to the rule. That means the rule doesn't exist, right? That's not actually the case. The rule can still exist with exceptions, and usually that is the case. If I had been talking about how great Donald Trump was, would he have thrown such a fit over it? He doesn't care that I was talking about politics in the end. Nobody gives a shit if I talk about politics. As you said, cults and politics go hand in hand. There are a ton of political cults, like, for example, QAnon. They don't care that I talk about politics. They care that I disagree with them on politics. That's really the difference. Now, who was it? I think Laura Ingram from Fox News was talking about Kobe Bryant. I may have both of those names wrong, but he was talking about his political opinions. And she told him to shut up and dribble. He should stay out of politics. He should do what he does best, which is play basketball and just shut his mouth. Does he really not have a right to talk about politics? I mean, is it outside of some people's purview? Are they not allowed to talk about politics? Every single person that lives in this country has a right to a political opinion. Bottom line, even if you're not allowed to vote for one reason or another, like you got a felony or something, you're not allowed to vote. It doesn't matter. You're still allowed to have political opinions, no matter who you are. People use that phrase, stay out of politics, as a way to try to shut people up if they don't agree with them. Instead of engaging in honest discussion, or instead of engaging in debate, they try to shut the debate down. They try to shut you up by telling you that your opinion on this subject is worthless and you don't have a right to say it. That's why I tend to mock people like that mercilessly. I don't tell them to shut up and stay out of politics. They have no place to tell me to do the same. When we come back, we're going to talk about Pastor Rick Wiles going full terrorist. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article I wanted to talk about involves Rick Wiles. He's a pastor, and I've talked about him a couple of times before. You guys may or may not have heard of him. He lives in Florida, and he, for all intents and purposes, runs a megachurch. It's a pretty big deal. So let's read this article about who he is, and then we'll watch a video about him. 
On his television program on Friday, End Times broadcaster Rick Wiles reported that his fringe news outlet, True News, has been invited by the White House to cover President Trump's planned trip to Switzerland to attend the World Economic Forum. Quote, your True News team will be in the World Economic Forum starting Tuesday, Wiles announced. We were officially invited by the White House to cover President Trump's speech to the assembled globalists. Now, we did not seek to go to this global event. It was the White House that invited us at the last minute. I guess he has to make it clear to his listeners and his congregation that he's not a fellow globalist. He's not in cahoots with aforementioned globalists. Let's keep reading. Wiles is a radical conspiracy theorist who spent the Obama administration claiming that Barack Obama was literally demon-possessed and a devil from hell who spiritually sodomized the nation in his role as the head of a modern-day Nazi regime that sought to round up patriotic men and seize their homes so they could be given to illegal immigrants. I don't even know where to start with this dude. At the at least we can say he believes that Obama was demon-possessed versus Mark Taylor believing that Biden is a literal demon in human skin. When I talk about Kenneth Copeland being a literal demon, I'm obviously joking. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in that shit anyways. I think he's possibly mentally ill and has had way too much plastic surgery, but I don't think he's an actual demon. The idea that somebody would believe that somebody is a literal demon in all seriousness, unironically, is unhinged. In contrast, Wiles has been a vocal supporter of Donald Trump from the very beginning of his presidential campaign and has repeatedly called for Trump's critics to be rounded up and imprisoned. These people do not care about democracy anymore. The mask is off. There is no faking this anymore. These people want a dictatorship, full stop, because they know that they're perfectly positioned to be in power when that dictator takes control of things. There is nothing left of the concept of forbearance anymore in this country. So Rick Wiles put out a clip recently talking about this new law in Florida that's basically expanding the stand-your-ground law. The new stand-your-ground law is pretty dystopian and disturbing. For those of you who may be unaware, the stand-your-ground law is basically what allowed the confrontation to take place between Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin forever ago, whenever that happened, I think 2014. And it allowed Zimmerman to come out of it with no criminal charges, just a clean record. So needless to say, the expansion of the stand-your-ground law will inevitably lead to ugliness. So let's see what Rick Wiles has to say about this expansion. Come on. Come on, left. We're going to meet you in the streets this time. You know what they're doing here in Florida? The governor wants a bill passed in Florida to empower citizens to shoot and kill looters and rioters. Yes, sir. Get it done, Governor. The people are with you. We're going to defend this state of Florida. Well, obviously not all the people are with him. This should be disturbing to anybody. This is straight up wrong. Listen to this guy. He should be on a watch list if he isn't already. We're not going to put up with this stuff anymore. The left, you better pack up and flee you better, if you're part of this communist revolution, lefties, you better get out of the country. 
If, if we find out you're a part of the communist revolution, we're coming after you. All right. I don't care. FBI, put my name down on a list. Go ahead and do it. Do it. I don't care. This is supposed to be a Christian pastor. This guy leads a mega church. Is this disturbing to anybody else? If, the, if, if a Muslim was saying things like this, we would call it what it is. How can he get away with this without being imprisoned over it? Seriously. We have a problem in this country that's going to have to be resolved. These people are what you'd call majority groups, or they're not minority groups at least. Even if they are technically in the minority, they control things. They are in power right now. Just like rich people, for example. They are a minority technically, but they are in control. They have the most power out of anybody. Just because a group is small doesn't necessarily mean that they are a minority group. This guy is in power. Christian nationalism is taking over right now, and he's loving every minute of it. I do hope he's on an FBI watch list. And based on what the FBI has been investigating recently, I suspect he probably is. But we cannot let this kind of thing go unchecked. We have to do something about this, or it's just going to get worse. When we come back, we're going to talk about Pat Robertson melting down over the election. So give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next clip I wanted to take a look at is about Pat Robertson. A while back, Pat Robertson made some predictions about the 2020 election. Now we've heard from basically every other preacher out there. We've heard them completely melt down over a Biden victory in the election. But Pat Robertson hasn't really said a word about it up until now. For those of you who are watching this, I just released a video on Sunday that contains Pat Robertson's predictions, but we didn't have the results yet of the election to see him melt down. But we didn't have his meltdown after the election yet. So let's start by watching Pat Robertson's predictions, and then we'll watch his meltdown. Well, I, here goes. I want to share with you. I was praying on Sunday saying, God, please tell me how it's going to happen. And I hope I've got the word, but first of all, I want to say without question, Trump is going to win the election. Uh, and uh, Okay, wait a second. Why is that without question? Even when this video came out, which was, of course, before the election, we had no reason to think that Trump was going to win. Now, people talk about how inaccurate the polls are all the time. Let's talk about the polls. Let's talk about the accuracy or inaccuracy of them. Let me explain how polling works. A lot of you guys probably already know this, but again, I'm going to go through this for those of you who may be unaware of how polling actually works, because it was a complete mystery to me up until very recently. 
So this is 538. It's a poll aggregate company. This is a list of polls that were released on November 2nd, 2020, right? And we can go through the whole list. Each of these is a different polling company. We've got YouGov, YouGov, Research Co, Ipsos, Swayable, SurveyMonkey. We've got a bunch of different companies that are all doing these different polls. And right here on the side, it has a sample size. This YouGov poll has a B rating as a pollster. And the, this poll, this specific one that they did, ran from October 31st to November 2nd. And it sampled 1,363 people. As you go down the list, you see similar information. 1,025 people from Research Co. 914 from Ipsos. Why don't they just poll one great big swath of the country? Say, why don't they poll 100,000 people in Michigan? The reason is because the more people you ask, the less accurate the poll gets. There's something called the law of averages in statistics. Say you're at a carnival and there's a a guy with a giant-ass jar of beans there. It's got like 50,000 beans in it, right? The guy says, if you can guess how many beans are in this, I'll give you $100,000. If you go around to every single person in that area and ask for their guess, say one person will tell you 500 beans, one person will tell you 30,000, one person will tell you a million, one person says 600,000. If you take all of those guesses and average them together, you will get a rough estimate of what the number actually is. You take the high estimates and the low estimates and average them together, and it'll give you an accurate representation. That is the idea behind poll aggregates. We want to take polls that are rated really, really well and polls that are rated really, really poorly and average them together to get an average number. Now, even when you do that, there's still a margin of error of about three points. So on the last day that polls were submitted, Biden's lead was 8.4 points over Trump. That means with the margin of error, it could have been anywhere from 5.4 points to 11.4 points. That's the nature of polling. I have a YouTube channel and a studio that I can go to and look and find out exactly how many people subscribed one day, exactly how many people watched the video, how many monetized and demonetized views it has. I have this information at my fingertips. We don't have that with presidential elections. That doesn't exist. Polls are the best thing that we have, the only thing that we have. With that being said, we need to find a way to make the polls work. Companies invest millions, even billions of dollars into getting accurate information. Not just companies, but Biden's campaign does polling, Trump's campaign does polling. Every political campaign has internal polling and they watch this information because they want to know where they need to focus their efforts. Polling is the best we've got. So were the polls accurate? in 2016. Yes, they were. Polls in 2016 were accurate. They were about 1.7 points off. That's within the three-point margin of error. 
That's pretty fucking good, all things considered. And when you think about it, you can probably attribute that margin of error to different things. Voter suppression and things like that. The problem in 2016 was the fact that the pundits were convinced that Hillary was going to win when the polls did not reflect that optimism. There was a good chance of Hillary winning. They ran statistical models that showed that Hillary won 73 out of every 100 simulated elections. That means she had a 73% chance of winning. But that doesn't mean a 0% chance of losing. Trump still had a 27% chance of winning. Just because Trump won does not mean the polls were inaccurate. So what about 2020 polls? Were they accurate? Yes, they were. They were fairly accurate. They were off by within the margin of error in most areas. In some areas, they were off by a lot. They were off by six points, for example. I think in Michigan and Wisconsin, they were off by a lot. But by and large, generally speaking, the polls in 2020 were pretty accurate. And as I said, they are all we've got. Even if they suck... It is our only means of determining where efforts should be focused and who has a good chance of winning. So with that being said, I'm really not sure what Pat Robertson is talking about here. I don't understand why he thinks that Trump's victory was a foregone conclusion. Let's keep watching. I want to say without question, Trump is going to win the election. Uh, and uh, that doesn't mean you sit home and don't vote. That, that, that means you get out and do everything you can to work. But he's going to win. That's, I think, a given. And, but after he is sworn in and his vice president is Mike Pence, then trouble is going to happen. What does that mean, trouble is going to happen? I don't, I, you know, I'm not even going to get hung up on the details right now. Let's watch Pat Robertson's complete fucking meltdown after the election results. In the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of uh, delusion that's come across our land. We will not surrender our nation. We will not give up this great country. And Satan, you cannot have it. In the name of Jesus, and I began to pray, and I believe God has heard, and I'm asking everybody in this audience to pray. It isn't. Of course, prayer has been so productive in the past, right? We've gotten so much done with prayer. It's, it's helped so many people. It isn't over yet. And I do not think, again, he wants to turn this nation over to socialism. I'm sorry, man. It's over. Call it. It is over. There is no fixing this for Donald Trump. The Czech leader just came out and said, Trump should concede this is getting embarrassing. He was an early Trump supporter back in the day. That's a big fucking deal. All of the world leaders have congratulated Biden on his victory. Or just about. And for the record, socialism is not taking over in the U.S. I'm so fucking sick of hearing this talking point. Over to socialism. And Bernie Sanders and OAOC and those people are... Who the fuck is OAOC? Bernie Sanders and AOC have no interest in turning America into a socialist country. Once again, this is hyperbolizing. This is creating a straw man to garner internal support. The outside world sees this for how ridiculous it is. But the inside world, the people in his sphere, the people who are watching his show, they believe this shit. 
They believe they're being persecuted by socialists, and that creates enthusiasm. This is part of their persecution complex. They have to be persecuted. The Bible said so. If they're not persecuted, then what's all this for? They have to create martyrs, and that's what they're doing. They are seamlessly mixing politics and religion together in disturbing ways and creating martyrs out of this system. Pure socialists, and they want to take over control of everything. They want to run all the business. They want to run all the industry. No U.S. leaders are actually interested in doing that. But interesting that he did mention that. That is kind of the defining feature of socialism. The means of production and supply is controlled by the workers, a.k.a. the government. So the fact that Pat pointed that out is interesting to me. It, it tells me he actually does know what socialism is. But that's not what any U.S. leader has advocated for. Bernie Sanders and AOC probably being the closest to socialism out of any U.S. leaders, I would say. Neither of them want to seize the means of production and supply. They do want to expand socialist programs like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. They want to expand health care so that everybody has it. But nobody actually wants a socialist country. Like, none of the U.S. leaders want that. They want to redo all the uh, uh, energy we've got. They want you want to redo the energy. That has nothing to do with socialism. That has to do with climate change. That's something that's completely undeniable at this point. We see the ramifications of climate change on our world right now, currently. And it's costing billions of dollars per year to deal with the damage caused by hurricanes. To deal with droughts and things like that. This guy's living in a delusion. Take away your cars. They want to stop people flying airplanes. I mean, it is crazy what they have. We cannot allow that. So let's pray. And I, what am I hearing? I still think Trump's going to ultimately win. You're living in a delusion there, old buddy. It's not going to happen. And again, prayer isn't going to help anybody. It never has and it never will. But about the airplanes and the cars, nobody wants to stop airplanes from flying. Nobody wants to stop cars from being used. We can't. We need those things. They're necessary parts of modern life. We do, however, want to turn them electric if at all possible. We want to minimize their carbon impact on the world. Why would somebody fight that? Why would somebody try to fight making things more efficient? He's like the guy in the early 1900s who was fighting the car in favor of the horse-drawn carriage. That is what he looks like right now. We're going to have to do something about climate change. Whether he likes that fact or not, it doesn't matter. Either humanity is going to die out because we live in an uninhabitable world, or he's going to start pulling it together and supporting climate change action. Back in the 1960s, black people were literally drinking from colored water fountains. They were using colored bathrooms. That was only 60 years ago. 
there are people alive today who had to use the colored bathroom. Imagine that shit. Just look how far society has moved in just 60 years. We've progressed really far. Not far enough. Don't get me wrong. Not far enough. But we're on our way. 60 years can make a big difference. As Pat's generation exits societal influence, climate change is going to become a bigger and bigger issue and more and more accepted. Just like gay marriage. The LGBT community, generally speaking, is pretty well accepted by most of the country, most of the world. We have gay marriage now. People aren't drinking from colored fucking water fountains anymore. Progress happens. The moral arc bends toward justice. It's just a long, painful road, and we pay for every victory in blood. Anyways, that's all I've got for you guys. Appreciate you guys coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.